One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 32. And I have nothing clever to say about that. Um, Oof. Yeah. Hey, uh, how are you doing this week, guys? I haven't actually managed to catch up with you much this week because I've been busy as heck. And you've been playing Valorant. And our interactions in that game seems to mostly just consist of swearing. Um, Wow. Ah. <laughs> oh man, no, yeah. I've been I've been doing all right. My you know work's been busy, but it's been getting better. Um, like things are easing off a little bit. I think February was just a really really rough month. You know, getting oh, everything prepared for the year. Yeah, I've got like uh, two different kinds of design work. I've got note writing. I've got this and uh, you know the D and D session tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long weekend. <laughs> Weekends are busy. I mean, oh. and look at that. It's a successful bit of networking. You got design work through me. In Deedles. One of the two things that I'm doing, yeah. Hmm. Oof. Anyway, moving on to yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, moving on to just, yeah, you guys don't want to hear about our daily lives. Um, Yeah, so one of the first topics that I had this week was something that it, it only occurred to me because uh, I, I recently got, like, a digital camera. Like, a, an actual nice digital camera. Um, mm-hmm. One of these, like, 24-megapixel Sony digital cameras. And I, I've been planning on trying to use it as, like, a, an alternative webcam if I need, like, a high-def face cam for any of the videos I do. Um, gotcha. Not that, you know, people need to see me in higher definition. Anyway... The um, the thing it made me think about was something someone told me, God, it would have been back in college, um, a guy I knew who actually went on to, you know, kind of be like an amateur DJ for quite a few years and did that for fun. He, um, he was talking about how, like, there's the limits to, like, audio files, how they end up kind of getting ripped off a lot of the time, like... How much audio quality difference are you going to notice if you have these, you know, specially braided, you know, gold-tipped, you know, whatever audio cables? Um, is it really going to sound that much different that it's worth, like, the extra $50 per cable or however much it would have cost? Yeah. Um, and it made me start to think about the same thing in the, like, the video and the camera field. Because with this camera, I, I notice. Like, mostly I just use the camera on my cell phone. It's pretty much good enough. Um, it's all I really need. But then when I started using this camera and, like, testing it out and taking pictures, aside from the fact that it sounds really cool to have a camera that actually has a shutter that clicks, like, like an old-school, like, real camera, mm-hmm. um, it, like, I, I'm, I notice a difference in, like, the quality of the pictures, but... That could just be because I always use, like, cheap cameras. I'm wondering if you got, like, this camera versus one of those, like, $3,000 cameras with the, you know, big-ass lens on the front of it and everything like that. How much of a difference would you notice? And do you, like, how much of an expert do you need to be to notice? Right. Did you find an answer to these questions? No. I just (laughs) thought of them this morning while I was just thinking about them this morning and last night when I was fiddling around with the camera and I thought we could discuss yeah, it's always that weighing up between um, cost and quality. Um, 
Because you're uh, gonna and how much you're gonna use it as well. Well, yeah, you're gonna get diminishing returns after a while. Yeah. Like it's like the whole, like the jump from, you know, 480p to 1080p was staggering. The jump from 1080p to 4K was staggering. But from all accounts, from what I've heard, the jump from 4K to 8K is like, okay, we're reaching the limits of what your eye can can see. Yeah, yeah, so you're getting diminishing returns. Arguably say that that's, uh, I mean, 1080p is like, that's all I need. I wouldn't say 4K is really necessary. Even I, like, I've had a 4K monitor before, like, um... I still use it as a secondary monitor because it's got a lot of extra stre- screen space, screen space because of the resolution. <laughs> yeah. But for my primary monitor that I use for gaming and whatever, it's just a 2K monitor. It's slightly better than 1080p, but um, you know it doesn't have put quite the strain on my computer that like 4K would. And having done 4K, it's really I, I had the same experience as you. It's not really that big of a difference. No. When you're playing games, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're at that high, like, if it's your career or something to be good at CS:GO. In fact, CS:GO is not even a good example because you never really get that far away. If you're no. like playing PUBG, um, player unknown's battlegrounds, then yeah, I guess that one little blip in the <laughs> not three mile distance away mountain could get you better at the game yeah but then fuck that (laughs) yeah but then if you're talking about a shooter game i've found that high refresh rate tends to be better than high resolution right okay yeah for the instant reactions Yeah. yeah but again all of this ties back to like your your ability to actually perceive the difference so i think you that's a good point like the 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 pro gaming scene with their like they're they're at the peak of the the game and they're usually like um you know young have good eyesight and so they're going to be able to maybe perceive those differences but then they, mm. i don't know what i'm talking about with good eyesight i feel like half the pro gamers i see have glasses what you mean like gaming glasses or no i mean like glasses i can't glasses, see glasses, glasses. okay <laughs> okay <laughs> I was actually talking to someone the other day, so I'm not, I don't know too well, mm. but he was saying that he's considering getting, um, like, gaming glasses to reduce the strain, but I don't see anyone wearing them these days, so Wait. are they just, like, a piece of math tech that never really I, did I'm, that much? I'm sorry, what the fuck is gaming glasses? You know what I mean, the, the tinted blue ones that stop, I don't know. I did not know <laughs> that these existed. Yeah, I mean, have a, have a quick look if you want. Okay, uh, yeah. I knew... <laughs> Waffle on something. I gotta, I gotta look this up. I think I remember seeing Danny from the Game Grumps. I think was wearing them at some point. How but other I... than him, I've never seen these like anyone else wearing them because. How did I never know these things existed? I feel like they're just a pair of like sunglasses, and that's it. Gaming glasses. Yeah. How much do they cost? Uh. Because I imagine they're not cheap. They're they're actually pretty cheap. Okay, here. Oh, really? Some of the really nice ones are like 65 70 bucks, but most of the ones I'm seeing okay. are like $25, $20. This one's only 11 bucks. I wouldn't buy those. 
I mean, yeah, it just sounds like, yeah, like, what do they do? I, I don't know. What do they do? But you'd like them, because they're, like, mostly aviators. Okay, here's here's one for 50 bucks, and it's labeled for the Xbox One. What, do you plug it into the console? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. I, maybe, huh. yeah, here it is. Um, blue light blocking glasses, intercept onyx, 64% uh, blue light protection, 100% UV light, anti-reflective to protect and reduce eye strain and dryness. It's not I worth buying now, guys. You want, what you want to do is wait a couple of years, right? Then get the KFC gaming glasses. Now they <laughs> are going to have, like, inbuilt turkey dispensers. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've... I mean, I've I've always had really really good eyesight, but I do spend a lot of time on the computer. I maybe I yeah, maybe I should get a pair. Maybe I don't know if they do anything. Mm. I mean, I but, have actually been getting like eye strain recently, but I first start wearing anything while I've got headphones on, like headwear. Yeah, is just painful. Oh my god, what we need! So you know how I have those um, the Bose like sunglass headphones? Yeah, just those, but gaming glasses. So the headset is the sunglasses. Yeah. Bose, I mean, get on that. Release some gaming glasses. <laughs> Burn me. Um, I I mean I'm joking about that, but that that might actually be something that they could market. Because I, I mean just you know like get get Steel Series on it or something like that. Make like a you know. $250 pair of gaming glasses that also have, like, you know, headphones and speakers built into them. I feel like they'd be... For a start, they'd be heavier than normal sunglasses. Second well, all, they are. They are heavier than normal sunglasses, but they're more not... More often than not, I need to turn up the brightness on my screen and not turn it down. Oh, I have the exact opposite problem. I have my brightness near the minimum setting, and it's still too bright. Oh. Like, I'm always having to close my curtains and stuff, which is definitely making it worse for my eyes. Yeah. Um, well, there's a problem glare. Yeah, but playing, like, any kind of shooting game, you just lose so much contrast if you're not in a dark room. <laughs> yeah. Well, I... So, turning kind of this back to... I, I think the, the visual thing, yeah, that, that makes... And the way I've moved my computer and everything, now I do have the windows at my back so i have been getting some glare sometimes mm. but oh where was i going with that thought oh right <laughs> we so just bringing it back to like where we started talking about like kind of the, the camera yeah yeah like the, the quality like drop off like yeah. how much difference are you really going to notice or are you just looking to get like a bigger number on your camera mm. bring but bringing it back to audio i think that's that's one where i'm I definitely have better, much better eyesight than I have hearing, um, especially because like my, my ears get clogged all the time with you know, water or whatever, and yeah. so I think I I hear things a bit more muffled in general. But they, so I think that's one thing with with like with head headphones and headsets. Like they got like the seven point one surround sound and like all the all this other random crap that's supposed to make the sound better and more crisp. I can't tell the difference between like a $50 pair of headphones and a $300 pair of headphones. They they sound the same to me. Right. I don't know, I've always had quite good hearing. Um, 
and fairly good eyesight. I've been quite blessed, I think, especially considering how much I've played computer games. Um, yeah. God. Man, remember when I was back in college making, like, um, optical illusions and stuff, because that was just a fun thing that I was doing. Mm. That hurts the eyes, <laughs> staring oh, yeah. at them for a long time. <laughs> That, that, those will give you a headache because it's it's your brain trying to make sense of whatever the fuck is in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> still a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But it, yeah, I, I, on that that note, I think I'm probably living proof that you know staring at computer screens and TVs uh, for long periods of time won't necessarily hurt your eyesight. Yeah. It's like smoking. You might not die from it. <laughs> 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 Did you just dis- you compared playing video games to smoking? Yeah, <laughs> it's a bad habit. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Except I think one one is okay in moderation. Well, yeah. But then again, who? Yeah, who kind knows? Of, well, no, no, it's not. Don't smoke, kids. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Kaiser. Yeah. Completely different topic, right? Yeah. If you wrote a book, what would it be about? Oh, I don't even have to think hard about this. I've tried to write a couple books. Um, so what the, would your magnum opus be, though? Uh, my magnum opus would be... Okay. There are two books that I've always really wanted to write. One is uh, sci-fi. One is, like, yep. near-future fiction. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> the sci-fi one I wanted to write about was a book about a um generational colony ship so essentially um a a giant kind of ship that's made to travel between uh solar systems slower than the speed of light so it necessarily has to have all the facilities to allow people to you know live grow you know have kids die become educate new generations because it would take Mm. presumably hundreds of years to travel between Solar system. It is very hard to get the facilities to die in space. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, what I mean is, like, in that kind of an environment, you can't waste any resources. So, human, like, you wouldn't be able to go through normal burial rituals in that kind of an environment. You would have to... You couldn't even throw them out into space. You'd have to necessarily recycle the bodies. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but, it, not to get into the grit, gritty details of it, but the book that I had mapped out, and I actually wrote the first couple chapters of this years ago, um, but I never went anywhere with it because I couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't find like a compelling thing. You need, I needed some overarching plot to kind of tie the characters together. Like I had the characters, I had the setting, but I, I didn't have the plot. And so I, I ended up shelving it. Um, but it was going to be, going to start off like dirt, like somewhere at the midpoint in the journey. And it's about kind of the intership it was going to be about the intership of like politics and dynamics and then potentially if i wrote anything past that then it might get to actually arriving at a destination Um, but it was going to at least the very first book was going to be entirely about what was happening on the ship Mm. um i'm surprised you haven't written a DD campaign about this kind of stuff because i know how much you love sofa I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever found a D&D esque game that there was a steampunk one that I tried a few years back, um, mm. but not a good. I haven't found a good sci-fi one 
um, that's I'd be like I'd, I'd want to actually adapt uh, like a, a story to. Yeah, I know that there's the um, there's like a a lot of love around the uh, like Star Wars D and Ds. I didn't even know there were oh, Star Wars D and Ds. With a lot of rule books for that kind of thing, um, and I've watched one uh, actually a few campaigns on from from YouTube. Yeah, um, and they look do look really fun. Um, but yeah, I think I would probably go for a more. I mean, again, I would definitely be if I ever wrote a book, it would be a fiction because if you look at my library of books, it's almost like all fiction. <laughs> well, yeah, I just yeah. I've got a bit um, of you know nonfiction uh, like history stuff, but sorry, I interrupted. Go on. No, no, you're fine. Yeah, I I don't have any. I'm not specified in one field enough to have the authority to write a book on anything. I think. Yeah, that's um, nonfiction. You really do have to have. It's either going to be some kind of a like you know biography or bullshit self help book, or it's going to necessarily be something that's quite advanced in a field. I'm writing a payday two manual. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, it includes all the cheats and all the secret passages. Oh um, yeah. my god! No, um, I would. <laughs> I would probably do something based around more modern day. I'm not a massive fan of um, like too going too far future tech wise because yeah, I feel like a lot of people do that and they get carried away and they're saying like now everyone's got a pocket sized space laser that can blow up a planet. Um, and I like limiting characters because I think it gives them more character as opposed well to. Um, and when you, I feel like if you if you write distant sci-fi, there's a lot more chance for things to kind of be a bit more fanciful. Like it, it gets harder and harder to, if, for lack of a better term, ground the story in reality. Well, as the story goes along. Well, I just I'm thinking like um, distant sci-fi. I I find always tends to devolve into space magic. Yeah, it does eventually, because they're like, okay, at least with, I, I guess I'm thinking about, like, um, films and TV series, that kind of mm. thing, because yeah. what the fuck's just happened to my screen? It's oh. just, like, refreshed my computer. That's oh no, we're losing him. Um, yeah, uh, The Expanse, for example. Yeah. Which uh, was a book series. was really, really, really good up until the... Um, the rock was hurtling towards Earth, and I felt like everything after that was kind. So far, has been kind of lame. What season um, are you on right now? I'm on season four, halfway through it, I think. Oh yeah, season four is the weakest one. Wait till you get to season five. Um, yeah, it was the whole hyper interdimensional gateway yeah. blob, and it just. Maybe it's because the detective's gone, and I love the detective, but the, 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 all the all the raw, intense grittiness has gone, and it's been replaced by everyone has battleships now, and the main squad can't die. Like you'll never, none of those characters are going to die until like the end of the story. At this point, yeah, I um, mean, like I like, 
but I, just again to reiterate, season four is is pretty weak. Um, everything you're you're missing, you know, from the previous seasons, they bring it back in season five. Yeah, I mean, it, in episode two of the first series, like the medic dude who you thought he was like one of the main characters, he's safe, and he gets like his head blown off, just sitting in a seat because a piece of debris flies through a cabinet they're in. Oh yeah. And then that's the last time you ever see something like that. It's shocking, it's gritty, it's, oh my god, this happened. Now it's, oh, and the main character can see ghosts. Um, and he's got a troubled past inside of his incredibly, I don't know. They killed off the, uh, well, they killed off the detective, too. He was another main character. Yeah, and I feel like that's why, like, I feel like a lot of people liked him. That's why they brought him back as a ghost. A little bit. I mean, it was... It, Keep in mind that this is these were novels long before they were the True. the actual series. So that that was a major plot point that would have still been there. Mm. Um, the novels actually follow in like not first person, but they follow the perspective of Holden. So yeah, he's one of the weakest characters in my opinion. <laughs> well, he he was the generic everyman to drive the plot forward. Um, yes. Or not, not necessarily the everyman, but the every hero, I would say. Like, he, he goes through the uh, the hero's journey in space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's just like, he, he fucks all the women. He always has to be the, go, the guy that goes in alone. Don't worry, I'll save you. And then he doesn't fucking die. <laughs> um, Wait, and who, he's got who like, else very little he... personality. Go who else does he get with besides Naomi? The chick right at the beginning. Well, but that okay, that's different. That was like yeah, you know, those are the two female characters that interact <laughs> with the main group. Okay, what about Bobby Draper? What about oh, Chris? What about Bobby Draper as a unit? She's not going to sleep with anyone because if she slept with someone, people would think, "Oh, you know, she's not the strong, independent woman that we thought she was." What about Christian Officer <laughs> She's slept with two guys, and she's more of a lad than anyone else in the fucking series. Certainly oh, yeah. more than the fucking main character. Christian Abisarala, uh, she's a man's man. She, oh god, she got she got balls. She Love is. It. I I love that line, and I'm sorry, you know... The one cover, that I quoted co- yesterday. Yeah, yeah, cover your ears, yeah. but this is one of the best lines. She's talking about one of her political opponents, and how her political opponent is just promising the world to anyone who will vote for her. And she's just like, oh yes, free ponies and blowjobs for everyone. <laughs> it, was just, it was so good. That kid, Christian Abisarala is probably the greatest character I've seen ever yeah because she's she comes across when you initially see her as a sweet old grandmother yeah but it and turn- then she has like rambo in her heart coming out oh yeah she is like i said this when i talked about the expanse but just a shrewd political operative and she is brutal and efficient and cutthroat hmm. oh my god anyway <laughs> don't want to get, go too deep into the expanse game because I, I mean, I, I beat yeah, that sorry, horse yeah. to death. But uh, why did I go to originally anyway? We were, we were talking about books. Play. Yeah, you were talking oh, about. Oh, and um, there was a, a YouTube video I was watching. This is not through the expanse. Hmm. Um, and it was a guy who was talking about Star Wars and the the latest trilogy, right? Yeah. 
and he was saying, um, it's actually really goddamn stupid, right, to have a gun that can blow up a planet. And this is because a single Star Destroyer can wipe out all life on a planet on its own within the space of about a day. Yeah. With just with the, like, the straight-up guns it has strapped to the side of it. Yep. And then you've wiped out the planet's population, you've sent a message, and there's an entire planet down there you can strip mine for resources. Yeah. Um, and, okay, granted, the Death Star, it was a big fucking message, and that's essentially what the main purpose of it was, is yeah. to say, like, if you disagree with us, we'll shoot you. Yeah. Um, but now, in the, in the, okay, you haven't seen the last one, Are you, can I do spoilers for the last one? I, I, I've already had it spoiled to shit. Okay. Because um, I, I just didn't give a crap. Fair enough. Anyone out there, spoilers for the last Star Wars film. Yeah, was it The Last Skywalker? The Rise of the Skywalker? I don't like that. know. <laughs> anyway, they get to the end and they're like, Oh my god, Palpatine's not really dead. Um, and he has this uh, fleet of like 150 Star Destroyers, right? But not just that, these Star Destroyers have the power of the Death Star, as in each one of them can blow up a planet. Yeah, that, that plot point strikes me as the, um, basically, like, they in the writing room, you know, it was the end of the day, on a Friday, they couldn't think of a big hook, and there were drinks to drink. Like, yeah. that's what that strikes me as. They were just like, what's better than a Death Star? Right? A hundred like, Death Stars. Exactly, which is so dumb. I mean, there's a reason that I... I yeah, we I've harped on about the Star Wars, the new trilogy. But, like, the, the first movie was just, like, a generic kind of boring rehash of the A New Hope. Which was, was fine. Like, they were trying to, you know, echo it. Like, echo the old movies, give homage to it, while also bringing on some new characters. And it, it looked like they were kind of off to an okay start. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. Then the yeah. second movie pile-drived any chance they ever had of success into the dirt. I'm ruined all of the one. things they set up in the first movie and destroyed any sort of plot continuity. So the third movie was dead before it even started filming. Mm. Um, but another... Another thing that was mentioned was um, that they're like, oh my god, we've got to destroy all these things to save all those millions of different species out there. But in, like, the last trilogy, you don't see, like, any other alien species, pretty much. Oh, the like, you don't see any of the people you're trying to save, as it were. Wait, are you talking about in the the current one? In or... the, the last trilogy. You the talking... Star Wars. The, the one that just came out. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, there's I, no I, great coming together. Well, I, don't they have, like, a montage at the end where, like, a billion different ships all come together that they managed to gather in a week by prom promising everyone Fritos or something like that? It was just... The Rebel Fleet, yeah, I mean... They, they just... That's not really the people that they're protecting, though. <laughs> like, we don't see any of the, like, the quiet little peaceful towns and villages I that do... would otherwise be nuked. I do want to go back to uh, to that point you were making, though, from the, the video yes. about destroying a planet. So there, there are two things. One, and you, you alluded to this, is that the whole point is to show overwhelming force to intimidate people out of rebellion, right? Yep. Um, 
two is the idea that you can't mine the resources after you've destroyed a planet. It's actually going to be a lot easier because now what would have been one ball of rock that you have to go down and strip mine and dig into the core, you've actually broken it apart so the densest, most valuable metals are now exposed in asteroids. Yep, they are all drifting out into space. That's the, uh, yeah. They could probably find a way to get some resources. I don't know, catch some rocks. You need like a net of ships around the planet, which would be a lot more than just like a single star destroyer. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I, I get the yeah. I get the idea the the star destroyer I think it's it was all about the overwhelming force, um, mm. which is something they probably retrospectively decided that or retroactively decided that they needed to explain, because I imagine when George Lucas wrote the first movie his thought was that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it hadn't really been done before. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so back to my uh, choice of book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, I was saying I wouldn't do any of that. I would do <laughs> like um, uh, a modern day or maybe slightly future um, where it would be uh, probably like a person who either started or became um, involved in like criminal activities in some way. Because mm. uh, I love like uh, mafia kind of stories and um, you know like the Godfather and stuff like that um, yeah someone who started with nothing and then kind of rose through the ranks over time um, I think that'd be really yeah. cool but maybe like an alternate universe where I don't know water is scarce or something so it's not just fighting over money it's what? more that's not an alternate universe that's like 15 years from now well well there you go <laughs> um so I that that kind of I love how we spent about 10 or 15 minutes talking about the stories you wouldn't write and like three yeah. <laughs> talking about the story you would. Well, and it's also kind of talking about the stories that you would write. So Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just fucking around. But the, so the other the other uh novel that I had actually worked on for quite a while. This started off as a it started off as a short story. Um, a series of short stories that I wrote um, just for a friend who is like, she made a bet that I wouldn't be able to write like a, a serious novel or a serious story that involved like superhuman abilities, like superpowers, like X Men kind of shit. Right. Um, and as I wrote the story, I realized that I actually really liked the I really liked the setup. I had a really good like plot arc and character arc for a couple of the main people. Um, and the, the super abilities were things that I, like, I, I, I made them work and I made them work in a serious way in the book, but I think what I, was the reasoning behind them having the superpowers? So that was going to be one of the, the, the plot points. Um, and it was going to be revealed kind of near the end. Um, well, either are, near the end of spill? one of the books, what? Are you able to spill the beans? I don't want to spill it too much, but essentially it was going to come down to genetic experimentation. Um, okay. It, there, there, ah, I the too, Nazis, excellent. But but it would have been like where the the plot actually, um, but what form that would take and how what the origins of it was and that was all yeah. something that I was still in the process of working out. But That's it was neat. set like I want to say like 
near future, but not super near future. Like, humanity hasn't really ventured outside of the solar system. Um, it's mostly still centered around Earth. Um, maybe, like, 50 to 100 years in the future. Um, you know, various... I, I had to invent various, like, um, global situations. I, I, I spent a lot of time fleshing out the geopolitics of the world because mm. I wanted to... The the future uh, fiction books that I've read that I found that are the most successful are the ones that they don't just give you a big exposition dump because that tends to be fairly shallow. They have like a really well-developed, fleshed-out world that maybe a lot of the details never make it into the novel, but those details shape the way the characters interact with the world and are occasionally referenced or sensed by the way that the characters are acting um so it was going to follow uh just one particular character who through some trauma or another she wasn't able to you know remember her past like not amnesia but like suppressed memories from some kind of deep trauma um and over the course of it it was going to be slowly revealed that she was essentially in not in hiding but just trying to, to run away from her past uh, because she had been involved in what essentially amounted to uh, like a PMC group, a uh, private military contractor. Who, mm. And again, this, this goes in. The, this is how it ties into the, the superpower aspect or the, um, the ability, superhuman ability aspect, because superpower sounds weird. Or it sounds, <laughs> it sounds a little bit more juvenile than what I was going for with this book. Okay, so do they have, like, individual talents that are specific, yes. or is it... Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I tried to make them as grounded in reality as I could, so it's not like, you know, um, people can fly or some shit like that. It's like, um, I think one of them was the person was able to uh, just channel and redirect heat energy, so they could, okay. say, pull heat from one area and increase it in another. Um, okay. And... I think you know somebody else had like just like really just like really really in incredible like senses like i i tried to keep it like close to reality i didn't want it to become like uh i don't know like marvel or dragon ball z i didn't want a superhero character in there you know who could just blow shit up with their mind or something like that that seems silly yeah. and it, it it worked out pretty well i think when i dropped when I stopped working on it um, a few years back, and honestly, the only reason I stopped working on it was because of, well, real work. Um, I'd like to pick it back up at some point. I, I had like nine or ten chapters written, so I, a fairly significant amount of it was, was worked out. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well... All right, that topic went on a bit longer than I expected it to, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's it's something that I I, I really enjoy. Like mm. uh, writing is something that I've always always oh excuse me always enjoyed. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god, I keep I'm hiccuping. I'm sorry. Any final oh, thoughts before uh, we close out segment one? Uh, well, it it's kind of. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you in the break, it's fine. Okay. 
All right, this is going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment, and Blue, you are the only one that's been watching something this week that isn't anime. What's going on? Yeah. I've been in my lunch breaks. I've been uh, flicking over to watch Good Omens, which I think I started talking about last week. I was saying that I found it was free on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So I've been watching it with E. And, uh. Mixed review. Okay. Okay. <coughs> so. It's a very weird show. And I think it's definitely been. <coughs> Sorry. It's been tailored towards a younger generation. Okay. Um, that being said, there's still some quite horrific things in it. <laughs> um, oh boy. Not, not like, scary. Just, what? like, a lot of the, the, the demons and stuff, they've got, like, gross slime crap coming out of their heads. Yeah, I'm, I'm always kind of torn on this, because on one hand... I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe some of these more graphic things should be kept uh, a little further away from children's media. But on the other hand, I'm thinking about the stuff I watched when I was a kid. Like, fuck, I watched Captain Planet. They There's some really brutal gore in that show. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah, it's it's got... So the, the main two characters, Crawley, played by David Tennant, and... Uh, what's the angel's name... Um, begins with an A. It's like a really old-fashioned name. Archibald. Uh, well, Aaron. Honestly, Archibald wasn't far off, I think. Uh, anyway, I'll... I'll whatever. Um, Go on, yeah. They are like uh, bros, as it were. And at the beginning of uh, creation, uh, Crowley... Or who actually he was known as Crawley originally, and he changed it to Crowley because it's less like creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like the the snake that tempted Eve, right? And then um, the angel um, was like they, they they didn't hate each other. I mean, I don't think the angels really allowed to hate. Anyway, his but, name was um, Azriafil. Sorry, say again. Azriafil. I don't know if I'm pronouncing uh, that right. Azraphale. Yeah. Maybe. A-Z-I-R-A-P-H-A-L-E. So Azraphale. Azraphale. Azraphale? Azraphale. Yeah, that's okay. the one. Uh, and yeah, so they, they kind of become like buds kind of things, which is, you know, obviously very strange for a demon and an angel. And way, way, way down the line, um, well, over over the course of history... They, like, keep bumping into each other and they'll just, like, you know, take each other out for dinner kind of thing. Aziraphale, at one point, he's like, oh, there's this great restaurant nearby. I must tempt you with... Oh, wait, that's your job, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's like a buddy cop drama, but with an, ale, an angel and a demon. Exactly, and uh, the demon's got, like, snake eyes. Um, and he wears cool shades and he goes around this, like, old-fashioned car that's been souped up. Um, Aziraphale, on the other hand, opens a bookstore and is a really nice person. 
Um, and then, yeah, it comes to, like, modern day, and they're like, okay, the plan is to now have the Antichrist be born, and then the Antichrist will wipe out humanity, and heaven and hell will go to war with each other. Yeah. And heaven and hell both want to go to war with each other. Aziraphale and Crowley do not want war. Because then the entire, like, universe is gone, and then it's an eternity of doing nothing, basically. Yeah. Um... So they're kind of doing their jobs, Crowley to make the Antichrist be as evil as possible, because he has to, and Aziraphale's trying to make him, like, see a better side of people. Uh, anyway, it turns out that, like, over the 11 years that they've been hosting this boy, trying to make him good or bad, they actually had the wrong boy. Uh huh. <laughs> and the boy was just like raised by a normal family um, so hell uh, they're like okay it's his 11th birthday time to give him the gift that will turn him into the antichrist we're going to send them a hellhound mm -hmm. uh, and the hellhound goes down to earth he finds the boy and then the, the narrator who really is not helping I, don't think, I think the narrator kind of detracts from the series uh, is like, okay, and um, the hellhound shifts its shape to whatever, like, the boy wants kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So this massive hellhound becomes like a Jack Russell <laughs> that, that's then, like, following this boy around and just becomes, a like, a good character from then on, because Jack Russells are all good people, apparently. Good dogs. They're adorable. Yes. They're also uh, very, they're, like, very snappy. energetic. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a fuster cluck of a um, of a series, really. There's witches, uh, witch hunters, but they're both like kind of ridiculous. There's an old lady from medieval times who writes, who basically can tell the future, and she writes it all down in a big book that gets handed down generations. Uh, this family makes lots of money and. Like, they basically have a book turn on the future. Um, but then some of the things that are written in there are just, like, really stupid. Like, at one point, a witch hunter is in a witch's house, and they're, like, hiding under the bed from, like, a hurricane. Mm. And then the book basically says, and then they fuck. And so they just start fucking under the bed during a hurricane, and it's so out of left field. I and it just... Go on. You said this was aimed at a, a, young, a younger audience. Yeah, it, it doesn't say, and then they fuck. It says, like, and then the witch hunter said about all the things he'll regret not doing in his life, kind of thing. Oh, my God. Uh, and then she's like, oh, kiss a girl? And then he's, like, kissing, and then suddenly it switches to shots of, like, them poking out legs and stuff from under the bed. Oh, um, God. Even though they just met. And it makes no sense for them to be doing that. They just... It happens. Um, this... And there's something about, like... Uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse riding out... Uh, nuclear bombs... Um, Can I just... All sorts. Jump, jump in here. Like, th this is something... And it's taken me a while to kind of crystallize my opinion on this. And to put my finger on what annoys me about so many like new 
kind of modern TV shows and movies and things. Mostly TV shows, actually. Not really movies so much. But everything seems to be just drenched in an overabundance of irony and sarcasm. And Mm -hmm. it just comes across as shallow. Like, that whole sequence, you're just like there. It's just like, oh, it's... It's just it's it's ironic and it's look because it's a witch and a witch hunter and it's like they just met no look what happened here and I yeah, I don't know it's like they had too many creative thoughts and not enough time yeah exactly and they 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 don't take the time to develop any of them it, no, it just not really I, I irony can be a good element in in storytelling like but like any other good storytelling element it needs to be handled with moderation. Uh, so, yeah. I haven't seen it, but that's just... I've seen so many series now that do that. Do that exactly, that, that sort of same sort of setup where it's just like a complete non-sequitur that's done just for like a quick laugh or something like that. And it's just... Ugh. Mm. Look, there are, it's a very funny series, and I would absolutely advise watching it as a comedy. Hmm. Uh, especially with the interactions between Crowley and Asriel, because goddamn, you want to ship them. Um, well, that that was one of the things that made me want to watch it. Like, I never actually got around to watching it, but in the previews and stuff that they showed, like their interaction seemed hilarious. Hmm. Like the angel who's trying to be good, but he knows he's got a bit of devil in him, and equally the devil who kind of just wants to hang out and be chill and be friends with an angel. Um. And obviously they can both, like, do miracles and they help each other out. There's one scene where a Zero fellow is during World War Two, and he's in, like, a church in England and there are, like, these secret Nazis and he's like, ah, yes, I've brought you those special books you asked for. And then they, like, turn on him and they're about to kill him and he's like, ah, I can't use any miracles right now because generic reason. <laughs> uh, and then... Crowley comes into the church like hopping because he's like on sacred ground and it like hurts. And it's like, oh, it's fine. I've actually got, um, did a little miracle of my own and a bomb is going to be dropped on this church in a minute. <laughs> what? Uh, and, and through a miracle, the only two people who won't be hit are the demon and the angel, but all the Nazis will be blown up. Oh my um, god. Yeah, it's, again, very funny. Just the story's not great. The uh, CGI is not great. Um, the friendship trumps all. Outside of Crowley and Aziraphale is kind of wet. It, it sounds like it would be yeah, just something that would be just like a fun. It, it's sounding more and more like a fun like popcorn kind of watch. Like you you sit mm. down, you watch it. You get a little bit of entertainment out of it. You don't, you know, think too hard, and then you walk away. Well, the thing is, at the end, at the end of the series, yeah, it actually gets kind of interesting because, like, they they've stopped the world being blown up, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the angels and the devils still want the war, and mm. so they bring in their they they like capture Crowley and Aziraphale relatively, and they're like, okay. We've we've got someone from so the de- the devils in hell are like we did an agreement with the angels 
Angel's gonna bring us a vial of holy water, and we're gonna make Crowley basically disintegrate with acid in hell. And equally, the angels were like, right, we got someone here with some sacred, not sacred, like hellfire to burn Aziraphale to death. And it has like a whole big setup for more things to come, and then the series ends, and there's no more. <laughs> Alright, didn't you say it got cancelled? I, I, it didn't get cancelled because it was never like, they never said there was going to be a second part. But um, a bunch of people tried to cancel the first series. A bunch of religious... Yeah. I don't want to say fanatics, kind of, because, I mean, it's a comedy. Well, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's one of those things... It's the same thing with... Um, whenever a, a sacred cow is threatened, then you know people always... Their reaction is to... I don't know. Try to lash out at the thing. It, people don't like getting made fun of. And, no. you know... Or having the things that they care deeply about made fun of. Which is why, like, you know, you end up, you always end up with, whenever it's something to do with their religion, you have these groups come out. Um, it wasn't just like all. Uh, actually, no, they, they wanted to cancel it because it promoted Satanism. And frankly, who wouldn't want to be a devil if David Tennant is, you know. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, they, they show the good side as well as all the bad sides. So, like, Aziraphale is, like, the perfect angel, essentially. Mm. Um, well, not the perfect angel, but it shows that no one is perfect, and even those who seem perfect can be kind of really corrupt. Like, the angels up top, they want a war. They want humanity to end so they can have their war so they can win it. Mm. In the same way that the demons want exactly the same. And it's not saying that the angels and the demons are the same. It's saying that, like... Because Aziraphale doesn't believe in them, and the Crowley doesn't believe in the demons. It's about free fr free thought and free speech kind of thing, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it does sound like it... There's a surprising amount of nuance to it. But, mm. yeah. My, my point was just that people will find a way to be offended. Which I think... Oh, yeah. That's something that just... I think is just, um just becoming part and parcel with everyday life is just like i find myself watching things and going like oh that's gonna offend somebody oh that's gonna offend somebody mm. and it's just I mean, there is yeah, figuring out who is gonna have yeah there is like i said it is very children friendly but then you get a scene where like a guy has to commit suicide in order to talk to death right yeah <laughs> that's, that's pretty dark i mean <laughs> It is. Um, it, it reminds me of... Oh my god. What was the show I was hearing about a few weeks... You, have you heard anything about that, that uh, animated series Star War, or Star Trek Lower Decks? <laughs> is that a porno? No. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's, it's a like a really uh, shittily animated uh, cartoon Star Trek series that got greenlit. Right. And I remember hearing a lot about it, like, several, maybe it was probably more than a year ago now, and then I never heard anything about it again. But it was, like, again, clearly aimed at a younger audience, but it also had, like, it was also, like, steeped in gore and weird adult humor, like, all over the place. Not, like, 
not like in the way that Shrek had adult humor in it. Because Shrek was one of those movies where there was adult humor. There was humor for the parents watching, essentially. But it was phrased and um, it was disguised in a way that the, the kids wouldn't get the joke. They would think it was funny, but not necessarily for the same reason the adults would. Like the yeah. whole, um, you know, Lord Fockwad being Lord Fuckwad and the, yeah. the castle being a giant phallic symbol. But they never... They never come right out and say it. This this is an example of that. Like the show was being made clearly for children, but there's like, just. I think in the previews there was a scene where somebody is like, they're they're panicking because there's some kind of a disaster on the ship and they're trying to do like a, a comedy scene in the, um, in like the the sick bay and somebody's giving somebody a heart massage and. There's blood everywhere, and, like, there's scenes where people are just, like, I don't know, walking around naked for no reason. Just, like, it's, it seemed like a show that was aimed at children for adults. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it, it was I mean, a show for adult like children. Good children's, any good children's show should have something for the adults, because well, they just won't want to watch it. It should, right. But my point is... I feel like it used to be a bit more subtle. Like, there were shows I watched as a kid that I thought were hilarious, I thought they were awesome, and then I watch them again as an adult, and I'm like, oh my god, there's all this other stuff in there that I totally didn't get as a kid, but it's still entertaining. This is the opposite. Like, the kids are going to get exactly the same thing out of it that an adult would. But it's yeah. it's just, I don't know, It I'm not articulating this well. It, it's It's <laughs> lazy... And it's crass. Like that's that's the way I think I would describe the humor in it. Um, mm, cheap jokes, toilet humor. Yeah, cheap jokes and toilet humor and gore. Yeah. That that and that I feel like, you know, happens a lot with some of these these newer newer shows like that. I think that's what I was trying to get at when I was talking to about the irony thing earlier. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that definitely does happen. Um, with the, um, what, so I was talking about holy water like melting demons, right? Mm -hmm. So Crowley at one point gets hold of some holy water and he's like being chased by the demons, and he fills a bucket with holy water, puts it above a door, yeah. right? <laughs> like literally the most childish thing in the fucking universe. And so this demon gets covered in, and then he the demon fucking melts in front of him. Like it's a very childlike prank. And then a character melts on the screen in front of you. It's like, ooh. Yeah, I think... I'm not sure what this this says about... What does this say about society? I think you society? would love it, by the way. <laughs> I'm thinking that my when I was uh, trying to articulate my point about that, that Star Trek series just now, I think yeah. I'm liking that phrase. I think it, it, it's a children's show made for adults. Or, like... I don't know if that means the adults are childish or they're just, you know, fully grown children. It just... Oh, God. That's that's a rabbit hole that I could go down for quite a while and I don't want to... I don't want to turn the end of this segment into just philosophy corner. Well, what have you been watching, then? Um, so, I've been watching more Dragon Ball Z, but I don't want to talk about mm. that because... The, other than one brief thing, I found myself fast-forwarding through bits because they have a very annoying habit of the first five minutes of an episode being basically what happened in the last five minutes of the last episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but just, like, 
rephrased or something like that just to make it more dramatic because it's meant to be watched like oh you're watching it once a week and so it kind of rehashes it a little bit yeah but you don't you binge watch them these days don't you well i well it's been out forever yeah it was made for tv but now i'm watching it on Mm. blu-ray um but the thing is they also have things that didn't annoy me about this series back when i watched it um are, are annoying me now because there are huge segments where they there's clearly something that they need to do there's just there's an extremely obvious answer and then and then they don't like figure it out for two episodes and i'm just like okay i'm just gonna fast forward through bits of this Mm, right yeah when you've worked out the plot ahead of time and you're just waiting for them to catch up kind of thing yeah exactly and there it's been probably more than a decade since i've watched this series so it's not like i I still remember everything that's going to happen i remember some of the major plot points but there's plenty that i've forgotten anyway so that's that's that but what i really wanted to talk about was i'm back to watching vikings (laughs) okay Um, what series are you on and how many are there out i am there are seven total and i'm at the end of season four now uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so okay but, and again i'm not gonna just talk about what happened the reason i'm bringing it up because i know i i've talked about it quite a bit is because of just one very specific thing a major major character is dead and i'm still Yay. i'm still on edge like wait did he actually die because he was such a major part of the story i'd be like he would leave just a massive gap if he was dead but for all intents and purposes it looks like he's dead um okay when i said yay i am always happy to hear when a series or show has the balls to kill off one of their characters Mm. because it adds so much more drama to the rest of the series and yeah you lose a character but it's a sacrifice and it gives the audience the realization that no one is immortal well and that's something that so they've done it before in the series i think in season two or three um Mm. there's another really major character um who's just been central to the plot up until that point who just gets like completely taken out um and they they do a very good job, to, like leading up to it and giving him the kind of send off that he deserves from the series. This time it was similar. Like even in the episode where it was happening, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and it seems to have legitimately happened. So now, basically, you've got this one central character who had tied all of the different plot threads together. He's now gone. So you've got all of these disparate, you know, groups and different pieces of plot. And I'm wondering how they're going to bring them all together. Because they, they've lost that unifying figure. Mm. And now you've got just all these factions. And they've, they've done some serious shit to each other. So without that one unifying figure, I'm wondering if now... Are all these factions going to fall into infighting? Is there going to be like a civil war arc? Like what? What? What the hell is going to happen? Hmm. Uh, so I'm curious to see what happens going forward. But a couple things. There's this one character, and 
it's an example of where they had they had a very well written like uh you know uh strong female character registered trademark like i feel like that should have a tm after it whenever someone says it um and they've kind of pushed her a little too far like now she's got an army of warrior women and she is just wantonly betraying allies and killing people and the show is trying to play it as if what she's doing is a good thing and justified and you know she has every reason to do it but Mm. in reality if you pay attention to the plot everything that she's doing is like really fucked up like she like outright murders an ally um who had basically been very loyal to her he'd done something fucked up early on but he in my mind i thought they'd given him like a redemption arc um but no she just murders him and then like she attacks and betrays like one of her longest standing allies um you know takes over their their land and then just shoots them in the back after she released them Hmm. um like i i don't know if they're trying to make her some of the more like um like character conversation moments make it seem like they're trying to make her a sympathetic character but every time she takes a major like political action it just comes across as psychotic so right it's it's one of those things it's just kind of there are there's plenty of like betrayal and backstabbing and stuff in the in the plot but when that stuff has happened with other characters in the show it's been kind of consistent right they, they keep a consistent tone this one character with her they seem to be gyrating wildly in tone it's like one minute she's this you know caring and compassionate leader and the next moment she's a sociopath yeah and it just i i feel like there's some inconsistency in the writing um i there's been other inconsistent points like whenever they go over to somewhere in europe uh or in in the uk which at this point is just england they haven't gone anywhere near scotland they have like they've been very consistent and the writing's been good and some of the plot twists have been kind of like just really interesting but it's because those moments are known to history and so they're basing basing it on history are there any bears are there any bears i have no idea maybe oh um sorry i didn't know why that thought came into my head it just did sorry (laughs) there there might be i think they might go hunting at one point and kill a bear um but just so you said it's set in scotland right no it's set in Norway. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, England, not Scotland, sorry. Uh, huh? Wait, Norway, sorry, fuck. Blah, words. So, I'm looking at something and thinking another thing. Uh, so, Norway, yes. So, Norway is where all the Vikings are coming from, but <laughs> yes. they, like, the, the major plot point in the first season is that they make it to England, and it starts with the raid on Lindisfarne, where they take down that monastery and, you know, rob it. Uh, It also involves some raids on Paris and some raids on Spain later in the series. Um, Damn. I didn't even they went down that far. Yeah, yeah. The Vikings made it all the way into the Mediterranean. Um, 
so my point is when they're actually portraying historical events where they go to these places and raid the plot is tends to be very consistent and very accurate to history and very well done where they get weird is when they are back in their homeland and they're trying to show what the viking culture was like back there Mm, the social because it's not very well known they have a general idea but they didn't really write anything down it was all like spoken like word of mouth and legends and stuff like that filling in blanks yeah and when they have to fill in blanks they can get a bit inconsistent in tone and yeah gotcha that's Um, all i talked about that longer than i wanted to but that that's That's the reason i wanted to bring it up again is as i'm getting further and further in the series i'm a that one major plot point and b i'm noticing more and more weird inconsistencies in the writing in terms of characters and in terms of like just overall plot i see well i was um Dead. Very sorry. Very aside I I've just remembered basically something that I was going to speak about today on on the podcast, and I completely forgot about it um, <laughs> up until now. All right. Um, I, I I think it might be something that might take a while, so I might have to just tease it and then do it next week instead. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, what is it? So you know how um, all this week Alicia has been having to uh, uh, learn about um, feminism. Yeah. Um, so one of the articles she had to read was from uh, a lady who was. Uh, the title of it was "I rewatched Love Actually, and I'm here to ruin it for all of you." Basically, she's making it. She's she's gone over Love Actually and said, "Here's all the ways that the." <sighs> this is dangerous territory. That's why I'm picking my words, right? Yeah. No. Take your time. <laughs> It's a very poor um, look at love, actually, I think, Um, based on the things I've heard from Alicia and just seeing the language that she uses in the um, description and the the comparisons she makes. So you're um, here. Let me see if I can kind of rephrase it and tell me if you you think this is an accurate accurate portrayal the person who's writing this this article is somebody who's probably taking the most disingenuous interpretation of that movie's plot yeah so she's looking at a lot of the scenes and saying this is what i infer from this scene and it is batshit bananas yeah well i mean Um, this goes back to the whole uh offense thing I was talking about earlier when I was mentioning I, I, oh the bad omens mm. I feel like if you try hard enough you can find a way that anything is actually bad or offensive or meant with malintent um, yeah but sorry go on um, I was just gonna read you just the the opening stanza really of this um, of, of, of her document, whatever the hell you want to call it, right? Alright, go on. Okay. So, uh, for, also, I'd like to st- state at the beginning I have not watched Love, actually. Yeah, neither have um, I. Okay, well, I, I might have to watch it this week because some of the things that she's saying quite funny. Anyway, right, so. <laughs> it's um, unironically became an advertisement for the movie. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm currently staring at a big picture of Love Actually's, like, box art, except they replaced Love Actually with shit, actually. So, <laughs> I don't know how much of a, you know... Oh, that is top-tier uh, humor right there. Alright, go on. Read it. We open in a fucking airport. A fucking airport? Of course, Love Actually, the apex of cynical, vacant, faux-motional, cash-grab, garbage cinema would hang its big metaphor on the bleak, empathy-stripped cathedral of a turgid bureaucracy known as the airport. I like airports. <laughs> of course, and and then... Uh, uh, of course, sorry. And then, of course, Hugh Grant's voice pipes in to tell us how inspiring and magical the airport is. Because when you're at the airport, you can't help but notice that love is actually all around. The fucking airport! If that's not the epi epitome of unexamined privilege, Declaring that the airport is your favorite place that I don't know what is. Welcome to Love Actually. Wait, what? That's her start. Alright, first of all, Hugh Grant is wrong. Love is not at the airport. It's mostly swearing and sweat. <laughs> but I like airports. Because they're, they, they're, they've got these cool like windows. There's usually they're, they're built like a maze, so it's fun to walk around. There's all kinds of yeah. cool shops. You can like... If you like are like, oh, I've got like twenty minutes for a plane, I can oh I go over there and get a fucking ten dollar beer. But it was I don't I like airports. Just the the the, the Argon esque description, right? Uh <laughs> bleak empathy stripped cathedral of turgid bureaucracy. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I mean, That's quite the way it's named an airport. <laughs> yeah, she's she clearly had a thesaurus on hand, but yeah. I just the apex really? of cynically vacant, faux emotional cash grab garbage. Cynically vacant. Cynically I, vacant. I don't yeah. think that's true. Faux emotional. Personally, I okay. Maybe maybe Hugh Grant's uh, point there about it, you know, being full of love. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Like, maybe, you know, somebody's coming back yeah, from I mean, a, a long business trip, exactly. and their family's there, and it's like, oh, I haven't seen my kids in years, and or not years, but whatever. Yeah, it's a connecting point to places all over the world. I can understand how there's a lot of different ways where you can interpret yeah. like being around an airport. You could see an, um, you could see an airport as, like, a, you know, a hub of interconnectivity. It's a symbol of our global network, of all the peoples coming together. Like... There are plenty of ways to interpret it, and she is taking the most negative interpretation. Yeah, like, that that's exactly what I say. Like, we obviously, <laughs> we make jokes and we talk about things that we're not massive fans of, and we do kind of, you know, slag them off a little bit, but I think we're fair with what we say. Yeah. I this mean... document... Like, it says Hill, here, Bill Nye and his Technicolor Dream blouse are in the studio recording a shitty, vapid Christmas song in hopes of squeezing a few dollars out of idiots who will pay for any tatty garbage as long as it has a celebrity's name attached. Holy shit. This person is, like, bitter. Right? <laughs> like, that, I, honestly, this is, this is less an indictment of the movie and more an indictment of this person. Like, this is this is one of the things I this is this is again getting into dangerous territory. Um, I think this is why a lot of feminist articles get the bad reputation they have, is because a lot of the time they're represented by people like this. Who this sounds like a person who just doesn't have a whole lot of joy in their life. 
and they they need to they're they're using the, like feminism as an excuse to vent that unhappiness like because feminism has good points it has legitimate grievances but as oh, long yeah. as it's represented by people like this who have like this sort of just a honestly kind of call it like malpractice yeah it's just it yeah i mean i god just to, just those two that last line there there's so much vitriol and hatred in that yeah so yeah i think we've got to watch this come back to it next week and uh talk about this because i think uh, if you've seen how long this document is i mean it's like 10 pages long this review i kind of want to i kind of want to read it um right so i think that'll be a good thing for next time maybe okay but we still also have to watch the uh, rom-com with David Tennant. Rom-com with David Tennant. Uh, remember the one, Runaway Bride, or whatever the hell it was called? Oh, Decoy yeah, Bride. Yeah, the one that you did just after Doctor Who, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decoy Bride is what it's called. Um, gotcha. It's pretty God, we're good. We're going to have a lot of, like, <laughs> chick flick-esque. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a nice... Bri- well, I mean, we just watched Redline for the last one, so... This is true. That, that one was very much not a chick flick. <laughs> not really um, but anyway we should uh, get on to the, the third segment yep yep alright this has been what what so we're for the third segment we're doing um, just a teaser we're gonna be talking about weird conspiracies that we've read about um, so just uh, stay tuned for that but this is gonna be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you will stick around to hear us rant and rave about stuff we know nothing about. Nice! Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card, which this week we're trying something different. It would have normally been us talking about an audiobook, um, but... That didn't really uh, come together. Blue had this idea about talking about weird conspiracies um, that we had heard about that are funny, for the most part. Mm. Um, And just really weird and out there. You know, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster type shit. Mm. Um, And, as I'm still laughing about this, if we have leftover time, (laughs) we may talk about some of the stupid articles that Blue was finding. Um, over the break, because just that last thing that we talked about kind of led us down a rabbit hole that um, yeah. maybe we'll bring you down as well. So stay tuned. If we uh, you know run out of the conspiracies too quickly, then uh, it may come to that. Yeah. Uh, although, I mean, sorry, go no, on. go on. I was going to say, I have been pushed this week, and that's why we couldn't do the, um, the reading one, because I haven't had enough time to read a book. Um, and I've also barely had time to look at conspiracies, so congratulations already to you, Kazi. You passed, and you had content for this segment. Um, and I am very eager to hear the tales that you tell. I want to know all about the Illuminati, and, you know... I don't think... Maybe this one's connected to the Illuminati. So the first one I found, just jumping right into it, okay. is the theory... That by doing hallucinogenic drugs like mushrooms and shit, DMT right. and all that, yeah. you can communicate with interdimensional aliens. Well, yeah, obviously. 
So, <laughs> this this theory goes further than that. Okay. So first of all, that just the premise is that by using these drugs, it opens up an interdimensional gateway in your mind, so you can communicate with other dimensions that are parallel to our own and speak with aliens and sometimes yeah. communicate with the dead. And it depends on who you ask, but the alien one was funnier. The I mean. Sorry, keep going. No, 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 I, I interrupted you, go on. The theory, behind, the conspiracy piece of this, because it, that, if, it's just a weird druggo theory if I stop there. But the conspiracy bit of this is that, you know, that there's a cabal of elite people out in the world that know that this is true. And so what they've done is they, they go to these, these meetings and they actually... Um, use these drugs to go into these other dimensions and negotiate with the aliens to give them technology and power. And they use that technology and power to control the world! Hang on, so why do they need other groups to be able to access the drugs to talk to the... Well, they don't. Oh. But it's 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 those those groups. It's the, the cabal it's of, just, you know, whoever. It's just a closed circuit... It's... Drug ring for aliens. No, no, the not the the aliens don't take the drugs. The aliens are <laughs> no, in the dimension. I mean, a drug ring, comma, where you meet aliens. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so so essentially, the the conspiracy part of the conspiracy theory is that there's some kind of Illuminati esque organization. Okay. That take drugs and negotiate with aliens to get technology and power so that they can control the world. Yeah. Whatever fucking um, grad student came up with this idea, I bet he's laughing his ass off getting all these free drugs. <laughs> I mean, I want to think that he came up with this theory on drugs. Well, yeah, probably. Where he's like, I can get other people to buy my drugs, and then so, we'll call it a group thing. And then... So, the, the, the bits that come out of this, and I think this is probably a natural evolution of this, is that certain hallucinogenic drugs... Um, in particular, one they've been used in like um, religious rituals throughout history. The one mm. that springs to mind most readily is peyote, which is used by a lot of Native American tribes during their religious ceremonies, and you know they use it to go on like these spirit journeys and things like that. Yeah, spirit it's, walks. And so it, there, there is an element of truth in that these types of hallucinogens uh, release chemicals that kind of give you these out-of-body kind of experiences. Um, people talk about in the 60s, uh, during that whole hippie time, they were talking about, um, you know, going on a trip. You know, these these out-of-body, like... Um, what was the, the famous guy? O'Leary? O'Leary? Um, he used to say, um, drop out turn off and tune in or something like that it was some weird catchy phrase that he did just telling people basically to drop out of school and do drugs yeah. I, I don't know there's 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 some some stuff to it but i i just liked the idea of a bunch of like you know you think like the big corporate elite kind of people like they're there in their suits in the shadowy room smoking cigars except instead of cigars they're just high off of their fucking mind yeah, when you said the whole uh, drop off, drop out of school thing, my mind went to that Australian advert with the mines. Wait, which one? The the uh, Australian staying school advert. 
I don't think I've seen it. Oh yes, you have. You surely have. You may have sent it to me before, but I've seen a lot of the. I'm. I see. So, I'm thinking of the one from. Um, oh, what was it? The one from uh, from the U.S. in like the '80s or the '90s, where like this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs, and it's a guy just like making scrambled eggs. <laughs> so, so the Australian advert. It's it's not up anymore, but you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's like these kids who bunk off of school. They're all in a group. They get in like a camper van. They drive to the beach. Yeah. They you know scramble under a wire fence to get to the beach. They're having fun. They're playing on the beach. They're like in their outfits and everything. Oh, throws a beach ball to this guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the guy catches the beach ball and explodes in a shower of gore. And then suddenly all the kids all over the beach start like running. And then what bam. The- what explosion, the they're dead. Another one, bam, dead. And it's just like raining guts. And there's like one girl left. She drops to her knees, like screaming. And then it switches to like back to a view of the camper van as it scrolls out. It's like a, a fence and it says, warning, like explosive testing ground. <laughs> and then it comes up with, stay in school, kids. And then there's a final explosion in the background. What the fuck? That is so fucked up. <laughs> it is, but it's so funny. That's some fucking Saw-level shit. Like, No, it's not. It's, it is something that you maybe could, Maybe well, you it's a bit low bu- more low-budget than what I'm thinking about, because in my mind, I'm picturing like a scene from a horror movie. It's, uh, I mean... If you want to do a jump cut, Kaiser, I could show it to you now, and we could, like... <laughs> oh, my God. I... If you want to do that editing, just, like, cut out a bit, and we'll we'll jump back in. Okay, okay, okay. This is just, this, we, we never do this, but there's going to be a jump cut in this segment, because I need to actually see this. So, <laughs> um, just just for the purposes of me um, editing this, this file, I'm going to cut it here. Holy shit! <laughs> like I'm sorry. Just I that that's an advertisement that Jeremy Clarkson would make. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Holy shit. Cuz I remember see he he did an episode about um cyclists. Yeah. And, and he he made an ad that was very similar to that. Like it was about like this guy who's just trying to get home to see his kids and he gets run over by a bus because he was taking a bike and he's like, you know, it's like Work harder. Get a car. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, duh. Okay. It was, ju- A, it was just as bad as I thought it was going to be. Actually, it was worse because it showed them, like... <laughs> yeah, being, the hand, I've got that. Yeah. It showed them being happy and, like, in... Enjo- well, the thing that killed me, like, what well, it hurt me, the movie was just, like... They were just, they were having a good time. They were all being happy and enjoying youth. And it was a beautiful day and... That somehow made it so much worse. Yeah. Well, the thing is, obviously you knew about what was going to happen coming into it. Mm-hmm. You have no idea where it's going until it happens. And it happens suddenly. It happens extremely. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't even tell you that it's like for a staying in school thing until the very last scene. And it was, <laughs> it was the hottest chick that blew up first. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Yep. So moving on. I just got that. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, that that was daytime television. How? How was that daytime television? 
What the fuck is wrong with Australia? Stay in school, kids. Like we we oh, had like bad like um before. bad like drug PSA videos in the US too. Um yeah. which those videos by the way through like, you know, market research, they found that they are completely ineffective. Oh, okay. Because the kinds of people who are going to be, you know, fucking off and doing drugs, they're not like future-oriented people in general. And most teenagers aren't. Like they're they tend to be people like those those types of advertisements work on the type of people who are already not going to do those sorts of things because they're future oriented. But the yeah. people who aren't who are like uh what's referred to I want to say psychologically as present hedonistic in terms of their outlook, those people aren't going to give a shit about that advertisement. They're just going to do what makes, you know, what's gratifying in the moment. Um, sorry, not to get too weird and technical there, but that's all right. Should we, should we bring it back to the? Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go back theories. to you know. I'm going to go to a, a more safe conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> holy shit, that that legitimately bothered me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Like, um, I'll just you know, I'm just need to not be such a pussy, but still, like, I think, and again, it's, I think this goes back to something I've said on previous podcasts. I'm more bothered by, like, psychological horror than, like, gore or any other type of, like, spooky supernatural shit. And to me, yeah. that was a very psychological horror kind of thing. Because it shows people just, you know, having a good day, enjoying life. They're in the flower of youth. They're so happy. And then just abruptly, it's all just completely destroyed and replaced with trauma. And the only way that could have made it better. Is that it then like switches back to the teacher who was like waving her fist angrily in the beginning? She's just on like her break, <laughs> so, I, just I, smiling I, away. It could have no. What would have made it better is to cut back to that teacher and she is like operating a mortar, right? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So something a little bit uh, more interesting. This one's less a conspiracy and more just a people who don't know how to read books kind of mm. Uh, mm. one. Sorry, there was one other thing I was going to mention on the last conspiracy theory. Oh, sure. It did remind me a lot of the uh, book that I read um, a while back on, like, the person who would go around allowing people to talk to aliens. Do you remember? No. Something inside universe or something where... I, I told you there's a story where she was like, so I can find your ancestor... And she found some person whose ancestor was, like, a medieval prince or something who wasn't happy, and he spoke to an, a strange person one day, and it took him to the stars, and... Oh, yes. That? Okay, I do remember you talking about this. Really fucking weird. But that's all that reminded me of. Except without drugs, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know what's happening. I mean, maybe they were on drugs when they wrote the book. Mm. But yeah, anyway. sorry, go on. So the next one was about uh, just medieval, the idea of medieval history, like there being a few hundred years missing. And so the theory behind this is that like sometime between the fall of Rome and the Renaissance, there were several hundred years that were just made up, essentially. 
like they corrected a calendar and suddenly it jumped from like 800 AD to 1200 AD or something like that. I can't remember the exact years. Um, I should have looked them up before I decided to talk about this, but that's, that's the basic premise is that there's a, a jump forward in history. Was Um, there a reason behind it? Like people trying to cover things up? It, it was, I don't think it was anything nefarious. I think it was, it was more, well, I guess in a sense, because the people who believe this believe that, um, you know, it's the, the historians, the academics that just don't want people to know about this. Right. Because, oh God, if, if people knew that, you know, this bit of history was made up, what would that say about the rest of history? Okay, it's not just like Jeffrey from the town council at the time wrote the wrong num- year number or something. Yeah, well, I think there's an element of that because part of it was that, you know, there, throughout, I think it was the correction of a calendar. Like there being certain numbers of days that were missing and things weren't being corrected and in the dark ages that, you know, time wasn't being tracked appropriately or whatnot. It doesn't really stand up to reason, though, because two things. One, what we consider, quote-unquote, the Dark Ages were actually not that, like, dark. They, they were dark in comparison to the height of the Roman Empire, but there were still, like, bastions of learning. There was technological improvements. There was a lot of, you know, politics and culture going on. It, and the other thing that makes this verifiably false is China. Like, China has written records going back, like, 5,000 years. We can see... We can see that those years actually happened. China? Are we gonna, like... Hold on. Every time China's mentioned. We've made that reference before. I I don't know if we've ever actually explained it. Uh, Probably not. I just... No matter what circumstance. There was a video... Um, that Blue sent me that was pretty funny. And it was this guy talking about, I think it was a lecture or something that he went to? So, it was Lewis Brindley from the Yogscast. He was talking about back in the day when he used to do, like, um, he was a chemist, I think? Yeah. And he was at a, a conference with a bunch, with a, a guest speaker who was like, he did something really amazing. Um, and all of these, it was a Chinese person but he was i think it was an american of chinese descent if i remember exactly yes that's what i meant um and so there are all these people asking this very important chemist all these very important questions and it was a lot it was not a live video call as in uh people were not in the room with them they were phoned in from a bunch of different places yeah and one person put their hand up for a question it was a chinese reporter Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of were trying to find some way of linking this great discovery to to China uh, become yeah to become China's uh, because the man, yeah because the man was from like again when we say Chinese origin he was probably like second or third generation Chinese US yeah I'm not sure I can't really remember but, but uh, yeah well, this person what he, no no the, hold on hold on in, in the video on. the the guy who's talking about it says that the guy was very American. Like, he was, you know... Oh, okay. <laughs> I think the, the the way they phrased it was, you know, if if there was a burger and some guns around, he'd be like, yeah, I like those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, yes, this uh, this 
reporter phoned in with a question, and uh, they're like, "So, so, Mr. Wang, China?" <laughs> that was yeah. That, <laughs> that was the, way the whole did. question. Because it, it was basically summarizing the fact that the question was really just about how can we how can we link this this famous person who's not from China to China. <laughs> And so, just because, you know, his, his ethnic makeup was Chinese. And, um, yeah, the question just boiled down to, uh, China? <laughs> so whenever, yeah, whenever we make that reference on the podcast, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, referencing that video. Uh, yeah, sorry, anyway, that was a big tangent. Let's go back. <laughs> but, yeah, so the, the whole made-up medieval thing. This one was just kind of a short, fun one that I, I remembered, which is what I needed after watching that fucking video. Um is that yeah it was just it's it's pretty easily uh debunked but it has to do with the changes in like the calendars the fact that um a lot of um there's not a lot known about certain eras in medieval history a lot of it is traced through like lineages um and yeah it's just it's just a silly one the Seems other just one, like a clerical era. Yeah. yeah. The other one that I found really funny was the idea of, uh, like, uh, historical resets. So what, what they... Uh, the theory is that, like, every few hundred years or going back, like, a few hundred years, there's just been, like, this forgotten technology and this forgotten portion of human history. Like, in, in essentially, entire civilizations have been completely wiped out and forgotten about only a few hundred years ago. So the right. idea being, like, you see buildings that have things that look like windows in their bottom stories, but are, like, essentially below ground level. Um, okay. They, you have, like, um, all these, these pictures uh, that were taken of what look like you know cities but they're completely empty um you know people forgetting yeah. that maybe the picture was taken in the morning when no one was outside <laughs> right um I, I, you're you're making me think of something that is actually real um okay and that's the in uh, i think it's london mm -hmm. there are a lot of houses that have um that like a normal house front right but that's all they are. They're literally just the front of the house. And I think they did it because when we were going to be bombed, it would look like just a row of houses that could be bombed. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It all, just it all comes back to the Blitz. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> very strenuously saying, look up these facts on your own. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, that was the case. There's like faux houses... Where they're just put there to stop the casualties from being too high. Oh yeah, I, I should I should yeah. point out that this entire whole conspiracy, um, like I little mean, yeah, discussion, speaks for itself. It, it's it's all it's all stuff <laughs> that so. it, it it's mostly casual knowledge. Like I didn't really do too much digging into these things. These are just things that I heard about um, hmm. being conspiracies, and I was like, these are funny. Let's talk about them. Um, theorize. We we are in in no way experts on these things, uh, which uh, what's what's the phrase that I I got made fun of using too often, which two two guys having a conversation. Yeah, that's one bingo cards. Yeah, right. Um, 
Yeah, and I don't even know if you can really call conspiracy theorists experts in a field, because, I mean, it's mostly bollocks, isn't it? So, this this is something that I've always had a problem with, is okay. I feel like conspiracy theory, the like when you when you talk about it, or conspiracy theorist, has, has taken on a very negative connotation. And I yeah. don't think that's deserved, because there are conspiracies... There always have been. In fact, up until the modern era, conspiracies were the norm of politics. Conspiracies was how things were done. Like, you ended up with, like, that's how you ended up with secret societies. That's how you ended up with guilds. That's how you ended up with, like, you know, um, different, like, royal alliances. It was all conspiracy. Conspiracy is just some people, usually clandestinely, gathering together and conspiring to do something and nowadays people when they hear conspiracy they think aliens or you know oh the Illuminati is coming after us or something like that but that's not that's not I really what it is. is that is the general person's view um, but there are when we were I did do a little bit of looking up conspiracy theories for this there are more and more conspiracies being brought up every single day and we are purposefully avoiding any of them that are particularly violent or involve like real world people today there yeah. are so many conspiracy theories revolving around the presidency right now oh god and yeah. some of them are very violent some of them are very disturbing and that's why a lot of conspiracy theory channels on youtube well, have been banned recently I mean, I think that, like, for the last... Th just speaking about the, the whole... The presidency has always been something that has had a lot of conspiracies around it. Um, yeah. It, particularly in the last, like, half a century. Um, I mean, the last three presidents in particular have had so many conspiracies around them. Um, and so, like... Or... Conspiracy theories, I should say. Like, when I say that they have so many conspiracies around them, it makes me think that, you know, makes it sound like I think they're all true. They're true, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, like, I, I want to point out that I think that... How do I, I... I'm trying to phrase this delicately. I think it's it's very important to always be skeptical. It's very important to always question the things that you're told. Um, but at the same time... You have to realize that what's the uh, I think it's it's Occam's razor. It, sometimes it, usually the simplest solution is the true one. So like if you if you see something that appears to be conspiratorial and you have to go through a bunch of different hoops to make it make sense, it probably isn't true. It might be, but it probably isn't. Hmm. And yeah, some conspiracy theories, as crazy as they are, are actually true. Like uh, what the fucking Alex thingy. They're turning into frogs, gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was just a misinterpretation of the data. I don't want to say his name on here because I feel like that's just oh, inviting that one problems. Of the catch words? Okay. I, I don't know if it's bannable, but I just I don't want to get into that that area okay. of YouTube. Um, but yes, so uh, that that was based on like a data, uh, like a water, study yeah. that found. So frogs and other amphibians, um, their gender is actually determined by hormones and their cells are malleable enough for them to actually um, change their gender based on um, the hormones that they're exposed to. And there are certain chemicals that are used and in 
amounts that are perfectly safe and within environmental regulations for humans will actually cause frogs to switch genders uh, from male to female or female to male. And you can actually have a fully viable... It's the difference between amphibians and primates. They actually are able to like completely like change their physiology after they're fully grown. And these, these chemicals, which are harmless to humans, were not harmless to... Well, not, I wouldn't say they were harmful to frogs, but they, they caused this reaction in them. Yeah. Is it bad that I'm currently thinking about a way that we can get away with putting two gay frogs in the thumbnail? <laughs> the thumbnail's your job. Just, just don't make it too... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It won't be raunchy, don't worry. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, it's like, an Australian advert. <laughs> Sorry, go on. But it, it's just... I, I think the important... Th the three conspiracies that I picked are things that are completely ridiculous for a reason, and things that have already been kind of well except for the inter the interdimensional aliens i can't say is disproven because there's no way to prove <laughs> otherwise yeah i just i don't even know how you would go about testing that yeah but, um, but yeah, the, like the other the, the, the other well, two have been fairly roundly disproven yeah we're not looking to break any new ground here we're just looking to find something maybe it's funny maybe it's uh a little bit interesting maybe it's a bit of fun uh and just give a give an idea of some of the crazy ass shit that people come up with or some things that may have a grain of truth in it even if it's not how we initially yeah. interpret it but i i really personally that's why i like um alternate history channels that go like oh what if this one event changed or something like that i'm a fan of like I never dismiss anything out of hand. Like, if somebody comes to me and says something that I think is completely false, I'll at least, you know, give it some thought. And if not, try to humor the idea, try to figure out exactly why I don't believe it's true. Uh, I think that's a healthy thing for anyone to do, is to have some measure of critical thinking. Yeah. Never... So, moving on to the next controversy, I believe that penguins are the next evolution of koalas. <laughs> god damn it. I was taking a drink. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> what? Aside from the fact that they're completely different species... Existing on completely different continents. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Alright, think about it this way, alright? At one point, the polar ice caps were deserts, right? In theory. We're, we're going exactly. back maybe a couple yeah. billion years, but go on. And even longer before that, all the land was the same. So, theoretically... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. I you just really do up. not know where... <laughs> Jesus Christ. But Although, that... <laughs> fun fact, the Sahara Desert used to be a very verdant and green like uh, place. What if a koala rided a narwhal all the way to the South Pole one day? Actually, two of them, because there needs to be two. Well, and I mean, No, actually, one of them, and they, like, fucked a fish or something. That's not. Oh my god! I'm in so my, my brain. What is? What are you even talking about right now? I don't know. First uh, of all, been... what? What's a narwhal? Wait, no, what's that's a, that's a horned seal, a isn't it? Is? 
a horn seal. Oh my god. How do you not know what a narwhal is? For shame, Kaiser. I'm not British. The stupid ideas that you come up with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not Scotland who has a fucking unicorn as their national anthem. Or animal. Uh, <laughs> their national anthem. It's like they don't even sing, they just roll out a unicorn. <laughs> and look serious. Oh, oh, that's amazing. Shit. We have gone so far <laughs> off the deep end. Oh, yeah. What is even um, happening? Right, sorry. Um, <laughs> a novel, yeah, it's like a, a, a small whale with a, a horn. With a horn on it, yeah. yeah. I knew it was some kind of an aquatic creature with a horn. It's a sea unicorn. Oh, have you seen... Oh, what Do we want to talk about something a little bit more sane before we end the podcast? I was going to talk about sea rabbits. Fuck it. I think they're, they're not called that. They're like... Oh, what are they called? They're like... They're like tiny water rabbit things. We've moved on to mythical creatures. <laughs> no, no. Alright, for a start, novels are real. And... Wait. The second of all... Bullshit narwhals are real. Oh my god. Uh, are they not... Narwhals are not fucking. Narwhals are real. What? Hold on. Pull that up. No, I'm. I'm still looking at your screen. Pull that link oh, up. <laughs> well, okay. No, go back. Actually, pull up the wiki article. <laughs> they. They. How the fuck are they real? Because they're weird. They're real. <laughs> no. Size compared to the average human. What? Um, are they extinct? No. How are these real? I can't believe you did not know about the unicorn fish. I thought that they were. Fa I thought they were like a complete skeleton. I thought they were a fantasy thing. They've got like nose horns. And there. they no, they still real. exist. They're not extinct. Yeah, they're still still around. I'm pretty sure. What? Like tusk. Oh my god! No, I. One hundred percent. I thought that these were a fictional creature. <laughs> Narwhal, narwhal, swimming in the ocean. What? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm completely speechless. Oh, sad face. I had no idea that these things were real. Hold on, click, click, click on that picture there, the one next to the boat. Yeah. What? It's a wicked fucking horn, isn't it? How? Mind blown. I need to find these sea bunnies now, because they're adorable. Wait. Also. I thought you just made that up too. There, here we go. What the fuck? Sea bunnies! They're so cute! Okay. They've got, like, ears and everything. I just... There, there are animals that I thought were... <laughs> what the fuck is... It, it looks like a little... It, honestly, it's like a caterpillar with rabbit ears, but it's underwater. The what? Uh, a type of sea slug called Jaruna parva. More than, more. Sorry, yeah, most are less than an inch long. I still and, yeah. can't get over the fact that narwhals are real. <laughs> Unfortunately, sea bunnies cannot yet be pets. Damn. Ah. Oh my god. Do sea bunnies have predators? I'm... This slimy slug has some predators and prey. Prey? What, what the fuck does this kill? Sorry, go on. Probably, a, like, you know, amoeba or something like that. Yeah, like mollusk or some kind. Yeah, I just... Um... Holy fuck. I don't know if I can... 
I don't know if I can recover just from knowing that narwhals aren't fake. How can you not think these things are real? Look at them. What you them. have on your screen right now is how I can think that they're not real. You, they, they're portrayed as some fucking rainbow unicorn thing that you put on a greeting card. They're not like... I... How was I supposed to know this was a real thing? All of this unique. I just do not... Oh, oh my god, my brain. Brokenkaiser.exe. Uh, I think... Shall I get you this? I, yeah, I think we... No, let's... I think we gotta end the podcast, because I can't even talk okay. anymore. What the fuck am I... Let, let's go, let's go. My, my mind is just blown. Alright, do you... Uh, do you have any? Do you have any final thoughts? Or I, I... no, it'll just break you further. <laughs> oh God, you're not gonna tell me unicorns are real, right? Oh my God! Because I I just made fun of Scotland for them. <laughs> Holy shit! All right, whatever. This is gonna be the end of uh, episode 32 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully um... next week's podcast will be just a little bit more sane. A wonderful, magical, narwhal-y new week. Jesus fuck. <laughs>